What's happening, hardscapers? This is episode 27 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk to you about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And in today's episode, we are in episode two of the Marketing Week series, where we're coming at you every day, releasing one episode related to marketing. And today we have on Matt Pletz of Premium Mix Marketing, and he's actually my brother, coming at you with some marketing advice from dealing with the customer journey and bringing in awareness and consideration and service and loyalty into your business to ensure that you treat your customers right and that you leave a lasting impact on them to grow that word of mouth business as well as growing your business. So without further ado, here's our episode with Matt Plutz. Today we're joined on the show by Matt Pletz. He is my brother and he is here today to talk with us about the customer journey and what that means to you in your business as a hardscaper. Matt, thanks for joining me here today. Hey brother, how are you? It's awesome to have you on the show and to get your insights on this this customer experience, this customer journey and what it means to us as hardscapers and for our business. But Matt, Let's just get started to give our audience a little bit more of a rundown about yourself and how you got started into this this marketing world. For sure, Mike. Most of my experience actually comes from the insurance industry. Um, I never really started out marketing, but I've had a passion for like the last 15 years, like right in high school, of doing some graphic design. And I got a chance to, to work with a lot of small businesses and build their brands through basically designing logos. So that's that's kind of where I got my start. And then an opportunity came up in the insurance world to get into marketing. And I've been doing it since and started this business to go full bore into helping people, especially small businesses to medium sized businesses to help grow their brand. And also to really hone in on their customer experience, which we can talk about in a sec. It's worth noting that Matt and Premium Mix uh, Marketing, his business here, has helped us to to generate uh, you know all of my logos in the past from how to hardscape, uh, refining that logo to make it more a part of our brand from just that bland logo that we had at the beginning. Uh, all the way to other online ventures that I've had, all these logos that he's, he's created for us, and, and including my hardscaping logo for my own business. Uh, just amazing stuff that he's done for us in my business. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a, a wealth of knowledge to, when it comes to the customer journey on this episode from Matt. So, Matt, let's just get started to tell us a little bit more about Premium Mix and uh, and maybe what it, what, uh, it means to a hardscaper. I find that most of my clients are in kind of two stages. It's the guys who are starting out their business and probably learning a ton from this podcast, especially in how to run things from starting from the ground up, like probably a lot of your listeners. And also I work with guys who are, well, more established and are are trying to build their referral network or trying to build business and trying to attract their top clients. It's kind of where the branding falls into, into place for the, the guys kind of starting or the guys who maybe need a refresh. There's a lot of things involved with that, uh, logo being one of them. And then for the guys who are more established, one of the services I offer is, is building out your customer experience. It's looking at your full process. We'll get into this in a sec about the customer journey, but it's it's looking at this whole journey from when someone has no idea about you, but they know they need a landscaper or a hardscaper all the way to the point of you've done your service. It's been a year after. What are you doing for your customer? A lot of guys have some solid 
processes established with that, but I can offer a unique perspective and, and really iron it out and lay it on a piece of paper just saying, here's how you do things. Hey, have you considered this? Or hey, have you considered offering you know, this point of education? Or have you considered giving this to your client at this point in the game? Or for the guys who are trying to build that referral network and to, to build those personal referrals, sometimes there's a chance that you can ask for, for something like a review or a referral. Like it's, it's, if you're providing value to someone, absolutely it's okay to ask for your referral or, Hey, can you leave me a Google review when you have a free sack? Or, Hey, glad you love the jobs done. Like let's talk about next steps. And I feel like, you know, those referrals are something that, that, me as a business owner and I know a lot of people are just not asking for enough like we do some incredible work for some incredible people that are grateful for your work at the end of it and they would be more than willing to give you an excellent referral a, a google review of your business and th all of this helps you get your business one step ahead of the competition and even in you know search engine results and all of this and it's something that I kick myself for not doing as much as I should and uh, I'm sure this is what you kind of mean about these these personal referrals, these referrals coming in from uh, customers, right? Hundred percent. And you know what? Those uh, like we were just talking about there. Uh, you, we're talking personal referrals. There's all sorts of referrals. There's all sorts of leads you can get like from online. In my experience in the insurance industry, there's tire kickers essentially, and then you have some really qualified leads that come through for online referrals. But when you have someone who's personally experienced your service you've crushed it in their full experience you know you've provided them crazy amounts of value the end result is beautiful like a lot of these things i've seen on instagram you, you have someone where you crush it with they're i i don't know you tell me mike in your experience like does most of your business come from those personal referrals yeah, absolutely. And giving a little bit of a background about my business and, and how it got started, as I, I talked about earlier on the podcast and in, in a previous episode, that I, I worked at a landscape yard. So my my business had that that uh, that personal referral referral business from that landscape yard. They were happy to refer me when I went out there and started doing my own thing. So yeah, I mean, referrals were the backbone of my business when I first started, and even to today. And obviously, it's the it's the number one clients that are coming to me. 100%. And that's my focus. I, I, I like to focus on those personal referrals over the, I mean, the online referrals and the online leads are critical, but I find I would rather someone sink their time into building those personal referrals to keep their business going rather than investing countless hours with tire kickers. And absolutely, like the one thing uh, that that I've learned since going into business for myself is that those referrals, those referrals are the ones that you want the most because those are the customers that are uh, that already have a good word from you. They know your work, and uh, you know that they're, they're a qualified lead. Whereas somebody just searching online for a landscaper near them coming across you could be just that tire kicker. Absolutely. Now. Matt, give us a little overview of this customer journey and, and what that means exactly. The full customer journey, I'm going to relate it to hardscaping and landscaping as best I can. But if you, if you look at it from the point of when they know they need a service, they're, they have their backyard and they're looking at it and they're like, yeah, I, need, I can't do this myself. I need someone's help. We're looking at it at about four steps. So these four steps are awareness, 
that's before your customer actually knows about your business. So they know what they need, but they don't know who they're looking for. Part two is consideration. So they're online, you, you have their attention. So the, your business comes up, you're, they're kind of vetting you to see if you're a good contractor. And then they're checking out your website and whatnot, social media perhaps. Also then part three is the actual service that you provide, which is pretty straightforward. Most of you guys are actually crushing that anyways. That's your labor installation. This is meeting with your client. This is the nitty gritty perhaps. This is where you kind of shine and when things go wrong too, that's the whole step of the service. And then lastly, the end of the customer's journey is essentially the loyalty stage. So you've provided your service, you've absolutely crushed it. How are you keeping top of mind for that customer? Do you have an offer? Do you have a promotion? Are, are you trying to build repeat business from these guys? Like, let's say, Mike, you might even have experienced this in the past where you complete a job, you crush it, and your client's like, you know what, I've been thinking, can you install some steps? Yeah, absolutely. And the amount of times that, you know, a job expands because maybe that customer uh, just didn't know, uh, you know, the, the scope of their work and, you know, they want they want you to add something to it happens all the time. Maybe you put in a loyalty program, like if in those cases where that, that customers or repeat uh, business, maybe offer them a discount or you, you, you put that up front like, hey, you know, that's great. I already know you're a great guy and, you know, it's it's a pleasure working for you. Because I have all my tools here, for sure, we'll, we'll put in a discount. Even after the fact, what if there's a survey or something that you can initiate to uh, to send out to your clients? Maybe in a quick email, just saying, hey, thanks for your business. Just want to ask you a couple questions to see where I kind of rate in your scale. Were you satisfied? Because often I, I doubt many people even ask if their clients are satisfied. Or maybe there's room for improvement in a survey. That's that's the kind of stuff you want to hash out and, and better your process. And also things like maybe customer appreciation. Have you ever thought about that? Like having a having an event. It depends on the industry, but sometimes those those are amazing, and that's going to generate those uh, personal referrals. I just want to throw out a concept here. I don't know if this is something that many people would even consider, but a, a newsletter, like an online update of some sort, that keeps your clients in touch with what's going on with the business or perhaps uh, projects you've completed. Yeah, and that newsletter part is something that we're going to be experimenting in our business this year. And there's just so much more value that you can add to your customer by signing them up for that newsletter and setting uh, an automated, you know, newsletter to go out to remind them, um, you know, certain things about their project. You know, did you uh, did you know that your 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 install is is warranted for the next X amount of years? Did you know that uh, your products are lifetime warranties? So if anything ever happens, let us know. Or even expanding your sale and saying, hey, it's been a year. Why don't we think about cleaning and sealing your project to make it look that much better? And then you're you're expanding the sales that you can get from that one customer that already trusts you. So there's so many different things that you can do with that newsletter idea. And I love that. And we're going to be talking more about that. Do you want me to dive in a little bit more into these uh, stages there, Mike? Yeah, let's get into it, starting with awareness, I believe. This is, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, with my business and, and doing some branding and whatnot. This is where the importance of branding comes into play. This is before your client even knows anything about your business. What I find a lot of people tend to miss is that they think, I just need a logo. Like I'm starting my business out. I know what I want to do. I just need a logo. I just want to seem legit. I find so many people ask that. Yes, it's going to help you out 100%. 
it's a sign that you're legit, but there's way more to it. You need to establish a brand identity first. This is going to save you so much headaches moving forward. Your logo is just a small part of your brand identity. It's a big chunk of your image, which is like the look and the feel. It gives someone the sense of what you're about, what you stand for, what you're doing, your prestige, etc. But there's, like I said, there's so much more in that brand identity. What goes into that brand identity? Consider your story. How did you start your business? I've heard a lot of guys on this podcast talking about, you know, their story. You got to market that. Tell your clients, this is this is where I'm coming from. This is my experience. This is what I know. Another part of your, a big part of your brand identity is establishing your core values. What does your business actually stand for? My my mandate is I go above and beyond for my customer, or I deal in integrity. So what I what I say is exact, exactly what I'm going to do. These are things that you can think about before you actually start putting out your logo to your clients. Your brand values. What uh, what are the first words that you expect that are going to come to mind for your clients when they see your logo or they hear about your business? Do they want to feel trustworthy or like service is a huge element? That's these are the kind of things that you got to think about. What does your customer see when they look for your business. You also have to consider your voice. How do you want to speak to your clients? It depends on who's your target audience, who's, who, which demographic are you dealing in? You can be super formal, like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to sort of be remotely formal in this podcast. But if I switch it up and I'm catering to a younger generation or if I'm visiting a buddy and trying to talk business with them, I'm using a little bit more of a laid back demeanor, I guess. What else goes in the brand identity? Why do you do what you're doing? What gets you out of bed in a day? Why why did you choose to start landscaping? Uh, why didn't you just like why do you have your own business? Why didn't you go work for someone else? Putting that why out there is is awesome. What sets you apart from your competition or what's your unique value proposition? What does your business offer that no one else is doing? Your brand colors. Color is super important. It sounds silly me saying this, but like Green. Green can mean money. Green can mean all sorts of things. Have you have you considered which what the color is in your logo or the colors that you want? Do you realize what they stand for? Or do you realize what they're putting out there essentially? Again, do you provide a niche service? Is your is your service different than the other other contractors? Why does your service cost more if that's the case? What what gives you the right to charge more? What what is that reason? What's that value that you provide? And then lastly, who's your ideal customer? Like, who are the guys you're, you're after? What are the types of jobs you want to do? These are all crazy important things that go into this brand identity. And I feel like a logo doesn't solve that. It should be, you should have all this information ironed out for your business before you proceed to that logo stage. Not only does it give your graphic designer a baseline to, to understand what you're trying to put out there, but it, it sets a great baseline for you for your business and, and understanding how to attract those customers how to att- attract those top guys how to attract those personal referrals you're also gonna it's gonna save you crazy amounts of headaches when you decide to build a website because then you have your colors you have your you have half your website just in those points that i mentioned this also helps to identify what kind of type of ads that you want to be in do you is your audience going to be respond better to marketing through radio i don't know or is it going to be Facebook ads? I don't know. Depends. And this is such great advice and things to think about when you're starting a business. And these are really high-level things that you can implement into your business right away to begin immediately attracting these type of customers to your business. 
What about for that 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 business that's already started, Matt? And uh, you know, has these has their their brand already in place in terms of their logo, their colors? But they haven't considered, you know, their their story, their images, their value, their voice into into this logo, into their website design. Would you recommend a rebrand if that's what they're after, like to completely switch, you know, where they're going with their business? Would you recommend a rebrand? And, and is that difficult to accomplish for them? It, it depends what we mean by rebrand. I mean, I I don't think it would hurt anyone to take a step back, take one night of, I don't know, a regular work week, sit back, check to see what you have. Are you missing any of these points? And if you do have these points down, like you you have your colors are set, maybe just have a quick review of all this stuff. Like, am I is the value that I put out there originally when I started my business, is that the same today? Is it If it's not, maybe that's something you need to sit down and iron out for yourself. Or has my customer or clientele changed over the years? Maybe your clientele has changed to more of a luxury or your service is more of a luxury service where you're putting in those 30,000 plus contracts. These are something where you can all sit back and just have a quick review. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to rebrand your whole brand. That can be crazy expensive because you're looking at, if it's a logo change, you're looking at all your letterhead, branding on your trucks, everything. But if, if you look at this list, and what you're putting out to your clients or what your website's putting out to your clients doesn't match your brand, that's a big problem. Yeah, you probably do need to rebrand to answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the there's businesses out there that, you know, haven't put this thought into it. And, like, nobody in particular, I'm just throwing this at the top of my head, that, you know, they haven't put these, this thought into their logo, into their into their business, and they just went with whatever. Their website is, you know, just mushed together, and all this thought hasn't been put into it. But they're trying to get the, these luxury clients that are going to spend, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousand dollars into their backyard. But, you know, they take one look at your website and they they just don't get that vibe that, uh, you know, you're the company that they're going for. So that's why all these questions that, that Matt's talking about is so great to consider when you're considering who's your niche, who's your ideal customer, and who are you going for in, in branding yourself around your your image, your value, your voice, like you just said. Now, Matt, consideration. Um, you have their attention how do you how do you where do you where do you go from there what i don't want to do in this podcast is reinvent the wheel mike i know you've had some uh, just listening to some people they've offered up some unreal pointers at this point when when you've gained your client's attention they're looking at your website you guys have talked about search engine optimization you've talked about social media like i said i don't want to reinvent the wheel but i'm going to offer up some minor pointers that might be able to switch up your game a little bit for instance social media i would highly suggest choosing one or two platforms that you can absolutely crush that you can create content on well and you have the time for i find a lot of people think okay we have snapchat and we have twitter and i have instagram and facebook and linkedin and i'm gonna cater to the world because everyone uses one of those if you're gonna try and reach everybody you're gonna end up reaching nobody take your time and if you're one of those people that's that's you know absolutely crushing it on every app and you you have the time to do it so be it then do it but in my experience even just maintaining two is tough like it can be a full-time job especially if you're 
people are reaching out to you or, or you need to provide quotes to those people and you're getting that from all ends on every app and having to reach each audience appropriately for each platform, it gets draining. So pick two and do it well. And also with, with social media posting, I, one, of my, one of my pet peeves, and I hate to say it, just what I see so often is it's great that people are posting. It's awesome that people are posting. I find people have done the research and they're like, oh, I need to post like five times a day or I need to be on Twitter and post like or tweet like 17 different times. If you're not offering any value, if you're, I hate to say it, if you're, if you're one of those people who are posting just for the sake of posting, please, please don't. <laughs> because always offer some sort of value when you're creating your social media posts. Try and stay away from things that don't give your customer any relevance or any value. Like today is National Cookie Eating Day. It's just, it's noise. You're part of the noise. So what I always say is, if you're looking at posting something and you feel like you have to post like seven times a day, it's not the case. You can post once a week, but if you're delivering value to a client, whether it's being education or showing them a picture of what you've done or here's my, my process, that's the kind of value people want to see. People have seen national whatever eating day, today's national burrito day. Who cares? <laughs> like, to be honest with you, who cares? We all know. We've see, we see it. You pull up Twitter. It's national whatever day. 16 different times like don't be part of the noise offer some sort of value along that note for hardscapers specifically some of the projects you guys have been putting up there are phenomenal like i've been checking them out and i'm like i got blown away at the amount of like the work that's gone into stuff like the end result but i find a lot of people are posting the end result all the time like completed work which is awesome you're you're posting something of value you're teaching your client look this is what i can do but I'm just going to throw this concept out here, there, Mike. When we offer service, especially for hardscaping, your clients know that there's they have one of how many options, right? It's almost like it becomes sort of a commodity. They just have to pick someone the, the right fit. And what they're doing is they're trying to vet you. So essentially, they're not purchasing. They are purchasing a service from you, absolutely. But they're also buying from you specifically. You as the business owner are the complete difference. And I feel like you need to show your clients an idea of what they can expect from you specifically. When you post pictures of your, your completed work, again, unreal, but give them an idea to show them that there's more service and there's more value that you provide. Maybe you show the before and after pics and side by side. Maybe you show a quick video of the whole process and like how, how wild like a backyard with just grass to becoming a full-on patio with a pergola and everything. Show them that process and how involved it is. You're teaching them about the whole business, essentially. Show them the behind the scenes. Like if you have, I'm sure how many people have equipment break down. People know, need to know the way you deal with that. Or maybe like if you react poorly to it and you're like kicking tools and stuff, that, that speaks volumes. But show, show the process of how you'd fix a tool or, or how, how this kind of sets your day back, but the steps you've taken to fix it. I want, if, if it was up to me and if I was a, a hardscaper showing the world my work, I want to show them the grit. I want to show them what makes me different than everyone else. Quite a few people actually in the Instagram community of hardscapers that are really doing this and doing such a great job of it. And it's really driving their business. It's creating this, this branding effect that has people coming after them to do work for them. And one person in particular that 
their episode is going to air uh, around the time that you listen to this episode is Sean from Premier Outdoor Living. He does incredible, incredible work, and he showcases that final product work, but his stories are on point, showing you the process. And in the interview with him that we did, you know, he talked about how the customer tunes into those stories, especially when it's their job. They want it. It's it's like he is talking to his own customer and showing them how their work is going while they're at work, so that they can be a part of that project. I would agree with you 100%. He does a heck of a job of showing you the full picture, because. If you're not showing the full picture, you're like everybody else. I'm sure you're going to grow, but when you appreciate the full picture from a customer's point of view, they want to know it all. They're they're inherently curious. They want to see that you're a real person, that you're an honest person, and that you do a good job at the end of the day. And yeah, like I think Sean does a an unreal job of that. That's a great example to follow. We talked about the social media posting in terms of uh, your consideration point there. Is there any, anything else you want to talk about? For Google, I want to point out, and you guys have all mentioned it, Google is your best friend. Two things. When we're talking reviews, online reviews are your best friend. Yes, people will look on Google to see how you are as a contractor. Find ways to ask your clients for a Google review. It's critical. This is, this is like I say, people are going to be vetting you and people want to know that you're doing a good job. If you are asking for a Google review, don't mass email your clients to say, hey, guys, when you have a sec, can you please give me a review and I'll give you like whatever, a Tim Hortons card or whatever Starbucks. If a bunch of people review you at the same time, people can read into that. Like if there's, I have 16 or positive reviews and they're all in January and they all say the same thing your client can read through that. And I believe it does actually hurt you in in Google. Another pointer about Google, if you're not already on Google My Business, that's actually the name, Google My Business, do it today. It's free. It's a free service. What it does is puts your business on the map. It's almost like a mini social media page where you can put up offers and show pictures of what you've done. What it does is when someone searches for your service, you, instead of being that little entry for Google, you hog up so much more space because you're seeing pictures, you're seeing an offer. There's like a little mini story page where you can put up and when, when you search for your, your business name, that individual story piece, like, hey, call today for whatever because we have this sweet offer on and here's a picture of my backyard I just did. It's free. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that you mentioned the the reviews there. If they all come at once, you know, the customers can definitely read into that. And Google definitely does uh, does uh, not look so kindly onto reviews coming in all at once there. So, Matt, we, we've talked about the awareness, the consideration in terms of this customer journey. Now, when we get into the service end of things, talk to us a little bit about this. All right, from the service end, this is where you guys absolutely crush it. This is your when you're installing things, when you're dealing with the customer's questions. All this stuff plays into the customer experience. And what that is, is if, if someone has a positive experience with you, maybe things go wrong. It's how you deal with them. Or the, the final outcome of the project is perfect. It's everything they dream of. The overall process during that service time is absolutely critical. If they have that positive experience, they're more likely to refer you. And how you can feed into this, I'm just going to give some really, again, quick pointers here, stuff that people don't often think of. Everyone from the boss to the front lines people, you guys got to treat your customer like gold. How does this look? Like, what You answer the phone. Are you answering it in a professional manner? Or is it like, hey, what's up? Or are you 
so-and-so hardscaping, how can I help you? It, it, it seems so simple, but it's huge. It makes a huge difference to the customer. If you're emailing someone, do you have a professional email signature? Or is it just your name and you have whatever at hotmail.com? Establish through your website. Sometimes you can get uh, like tag ends like at whateverlandscaping.com. Have that professional element. When you're getting quote requests from people, respond please in a rapid manner because what it does is it locks someone's interest in. In my experience, especially in the insurance game, when people ask for referrals, the first company who responds to that person, the person is automatically invested in them. And whoever takes the time to help them, it's a guarantee. It's a no-doubter. Take some time to educate your clients. Maybe they don't have any idea what they want. And, and I've heard this in one of the other podcasts is, is you're the expert. You can almost tell them what they want. You can guide their questions accordingly. But take the time to educate the people. And, and if someone is coming to you with like something way out there and you're like, there's no way this is going to work, don't tell them there's no way this is going to work. Teach them why it's not going to work. Maybe, maybe you offer them an alternative, like an educated alternative, instead of just delivering them no. You got to speak your customer's language. Don't use jargon that you guys would use in the industry. Like, yeah, we're going to we're going to hook you up with a bunch of GA. No one knows what that means, especially me. We call it granular A crushed stone. As much as it pains you to say that, use the full word or use use terms that your customer is going to actually understand. And then lastly, and I'm sure so many people can relate to this, is your customers can be seriously emotional. It's no different across any industry when someone's outlaying a lot of money. Know how to respond to someone in a professional manner. Have some, have a bit of empathy because for you, a $15,000 job, a $5,000 job, a $50,000 job, you're going to react accordingly. But the customer, if they're shelling out five grand, that could be a huge chunk of money for them. So just a little bit of empathy and try and respond and put yourself in their shoes. This is a huge investment for them. So, so treat them accordingly. Yeah, some some awesome awesome advice there, and I specifically like uh, you know talking talking to the customer using their language and, and what they can understand, uh, so that you don't just you don't just use this jargon that's used in the industry that uh, kind of makes them either feel like they they have no idea what's going on or uh, just completely out of the loop. And I like that you talked about providing them with alternatives. There's so many times that a customer wants something done. It just can't be done, and uh, you need to explain to them why in their terms. But also providing an alternative just makes you look like the professional, like the the one that you, they should definitely be going with or coming to if there's ever a problem. Absolutely. And it, you know what? If a job is maybe too big or too small for you, have those contacts so you know that the person you're referring this client to is going to respond to that client in the way you would too. If you're just if you're just sending them because oh, I can't do this job and I know that this guy does this, but his that overall customer experience that I'm talking about is nowhere even close to yours, that 100% reflects back on you. So if someone else is looking to refer your business and the experience that they had with you is you slough them off to some donkey, <laughs> it's, it, it reflects on you. Coming to this last point here, talking about loyalty, can you talk to us a little bit about this? At the end of the day, you want referrals and you want reviews. There's a time and a place to ask. I wouldn't be asking right up front. My rule is at the moment you deliver value, and that could be delivering value in the quoting stage, delivering value when you in your install stage, 
wherever you deliver value, that is when it is safe to ask. I would never lead with, hey, my name is whatever. Hey, I'm always looking for referrals and reviews. Let me know because you haven't delivered any value at that point. So don't ask. Another way of building customer loyalty and take the time to thank the customer. A simple thank you goes a long way. Maybe you send them a card afterwards. And I know it's a card, but maybe there's a, a gift card in there for five or 10 bucks to get a coffee or something. Believe it or not, that goes a long way. Maybe depending on the size of the project, this maybe your thank you is something a little bit more substantial. But at the end of the day, you got to spend money to make money. Absolutely. I, I like just cutting in here quickly. I like the card idea. And quite specifically because we had Marty Grunder on the show. Uh, and after this has aired, it's been a few weeks since his show has aired. Uh, he talked about how he gets these higher class these luxury uh properties and in his landscaping business and one of the most amazing things that has helped him get these is by handwriting a card when that estimate goes out and just as a follow-up or as a way to say thank you for your time i hope you consider us but a handwritten card from the owner to that client really shows them you know in this in this day and age of uh, of you know just sending emails and in following up that way that you know this person is is taking the time to hand write a letter and send it to them just makes them feel that much more special and I, i'm sure that this can be applied at the end of the job just just to add that little cherry on the top and again, if, if you think if you're looking at your business today and you know what, I'm not sending a card, maybe the guy who's getting more business than you is sending the card. And it, again, it's a it's a it's a card like it makes no sense. But this these are the things that will set your business apart from your neighbor. Sometimes these things are common sense thing, but we just don't think about them. We or we don't apply them to our business. We think, yes, this this is great. This is uh, you know, something that that maybe I'll do down the road or something. But if you if you take at least one thing away from this interview and you apply it to your business, I'm sure it you'll start to see like a, a snowball effect if you continuously apply different things to your business in order to bring in you know the ideal customer into your business. Absolutely, dude. All stuff we talked about i mean if you if you sat down and implemented all today you're gonna see it's not gonna be overnight but you will see results i i i firmly believe in that and that's what i build my business off and any any other things you want to talk about when it comes to loyalty what you want to do is you want to be top of mind for your customer even after the sales done when people are following you on social media for instance if you're a consistent poster it's going to eventually roll across their timeline They'll just, it's just one more touch point, one more reminder of that service that you provided for that customer. And that's your end goal is to be top of mind, to build those referrals, to build that repeat business. That's all you need to do. Beautiful. Excellent, excellent advice in this, this uh, podcast episode, Matt. Pleasure to have you on and, and just talking about these things that we can apply to our business on this marketing week of the podcast. Matt, where can we learn more about yourself in Premium Mix Online? Sure, you can find me on my website is www.premiummix.ca and I also have Instagram and Facebook and I do my best to post updates on there. And feel free if you guys have any questions or just off the cuff 
questions, feel free to reach out through any of those avenues. I'm always happy to help. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Visit us at howtoheartscape.com for more information on the subject. Let us know what you want to learn about next in future episodes by reaching out to us on our social channels. We're at howtoheartscape everywhere or send us an email contact at howtoheartscape.com. We'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast, left us a rating and review. It really helps us get this podcast out there into more people's ears and to bring on more guests in the future. So thank you if you've already done that. We look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.